1: Watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it up You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play before long longer, you gon' punt it off your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trap or Die Yes, sir Yes, sir What's going on with y'all? Welcome in, welcome in, Hawk What's going on with you, player? Good afternoon, Monty, what's going on with you? Uh, How y'all feeling, man? Um Let's go ahead and get the administrative item out of the way, quick fashion, in a hurry. Uh, obviously, welcome back to another episode of Chopper Dive Podcast provided to you by 214 Media. I am your host, Molly Mall, Coach Mall, Jamal, Hindog, Mall, that good stuff, man. Um, Dre and AJ should be on the way. Um, and I, I just don't know what time. <laughs> uh, but if you are new to Chopper Dive Podcast, Chopper Dive YouTube channel, make sure you hit that like button make sure you hit that subscribe button on the youtube side if you are on twitch um make sure you hit that follow button on that side um if you are listening on the podcast man uh right now currently uh uh, uh, published on sb nation's hogs haven podcast platform make sure you stay tuned make sure you stay locked in with a subscription uh subscribe or follow the podcast so you can um figure out what's going on with this journey obviously as you all know um i said it like last week or maybe two weeks ago that you know vox media is doing some things and um the podcast things is gonna be moving around a little bit so uh yeah that's that sam how film session on the way friday uh so that'll be a good one obviously some weeks have gone past since the final game sam how but at the end of the day um we're gonna break down the tape (laughs) <laughs> um i finally got some time to do it uh finally got some time to to, to edit it and get that out there obviously chris paul was the first one up um i got a couple more players that i'm gonna go through i'm not gonna go through the entire roster i'm not even gonna go through uh a ton of veterans for washington because i want to get a couple more players from the commander's current roster um i want to get that out there and then we transition to the draft and whoever they sign in free agency. I'm not going to do any breakdowns of potential free agents. Um, I'm just going to break down who they do sign. Um, But, yeah, uh, we'll have Jahan Dotson on the way. Um, uh, I think I got a couple more on offense. Uh, Maybe Brian Robinson, like, give him a full, full breakdown. Um of his season. Work in mind. I'm working in progress. Um, thinking out loud. But yeah, all that's all that to be said, man. Let's go ahead and get into our conversation for today. If y'all listen to the last podcast, we did some roster conversations. We started with the top hitters, um, quarterback, defensive line, Cam Curl. Right. AJ is convinced that Cam Curl. I don't know. I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm gonna take that back. I don't know what AJ specifically is trying to say about Cam Curl um, in terms of his future here in Washington. I do think, uh, like, he clearly thinks that he's being overrated by the fan base. And I think that's a fair assessment on Cam Curl. But I don't know if AJ is considering, like, not keeping him at all past his contract expiration, his rookie expiration on his contract. I don't. I don't know if that's what he wants. Um, my thing on Cam Curl, and, and we'll transition to what we got going on today. My thing is with Cam Curl is I do agree that he's not a playmaker. Um, and when you're not a playmaker, you're not going to be able. You're not going to be um able to demand a, a contract of the likes of like a Derwin James or um 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 uh, Justin Simmons and all these other top tier safeties that's making big money. Right. Um, and I even mentioned, um, last week, I even mentioned Tyran who is a playmaker, but he's only making $9 million a year and that's cause he's 32. <laughs> um, so you gotta take some things into account when it comes to cam, you have to understand like his situation. And I'm not here to say that I'm on the boat of, uh, because he's overrated by the fan base, he shouldn't get paid. I think that he is well in a, a payday. Um, and I do think that Washington can extend him, um, but they have to be mindful. Both sides have to be mindful. And I think specifically, I ain't going to lie to you. I think Cam Crill's side has to be mindful that he's in a situation where he knows that he's not getting turnovers. He knows that he's not forcing turnovers. Sure, he, he makes good tackles and sure he understands the defense, but that is not, the makings of a a franchise staple right um and i'm not saying that cam curl thinks that right i'm not even saying that the listeners in 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 trapper dive thinks that but i think when it comes to his situation you just have to understand the relevance and importance right he can be important to us but don't mean he's a, a a top um safety on all 32 teams so all I'm saying, um so for for Cam, uh I think that the the best thing for Washington and him is to work out a deal that they they recognize how valuable he is to Washington but also leaves leeway or or flexibility in there where they can uh tear up the contract and give him a whole a, a bigger deal down the line if he ends up showing how dominant he can be at the NFL level when it comes to coverage and when it comes to making plays. Enforcing turnovers, flipping the field for, for for his offense. That's what I think. Hulk said that he would resign curl because he's better than any safety we've had, not named Sean Taylor. Um at the same time, the salary, this is a salary cap sport. I ain't gonna lie to you, Hulk. Um, respectfully, because you know you're my boy. You know you're my boy. Um, I don't even think that's a bar. Like, I, I don't think that we should even be mentioning sean taylor's name when it comes to cam curl but then secondly if we're mentioning cam curl's name next to sean taylor think about how if if that's your opinion right think about how bad the other safeties had to be if he's the best safety we've had since taylor that's not a good crop of safeties like that's a huge gap it's 2023 Sean Taylor last played for Washington in 07. So I don't think that's a I don't think that's a key thing behind or a key reason behind um, why we should re-sign curl. But I do understand what you're saying in that uh bottom line, he's a good safety. And that's why I say I will leave, I will leave Sean Taylor's name out of it. Because curl is a good safety within his own right. That's it um that's it for me uh but on the show today on the show we have uh let me go ahead and get aj in here one second Boom. on the show today we have offensive line linebackers cornerbacks uh we got to clean up the rest of the roster figure out what's going on uh with some of those positions uh in terms of all season and free agency slash draft whatever aj what's going on with you play how you feeling
2: Cool and cooling and look like I came in the wrong time. Y'all talking about extending curl and shit. Oh nah, nah. I actually was <laughs> <laughs> I was actually rehashing um something that you said.
1: Uh no, 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 no. Um, I was rehashing the last week's episode and and mentioned like I, I wasn't sure exactly where you stood on like the bottom line with curl. I just know that you feel like the the fan base overrates them Um, uh, but I don't know if that means because the fan base overrates them. You don't want to pay him at all. I don't know where you stand on paying Cam Curl uh versus actually um uh trying to fight the the narrative that he's a an elite safety and he should get paid elite safety money.
2: Oh yeah, I think for me, man, prove prove to me you a dog. You know, like I'm not I'm not trying to do an early extension with with Cam Curl. Prove to me you a dog. I'm gonna let you play out this last year. If it if it bowls in your favor, cool. Like I'll take that bet and I'll reward you. But outside of that, I'm not I'm not trying to pay guys for bare minimum. Like he brings no true impact to the game. He's not creating turnovers. A lot of people say, oh, he he helps the defense line up and communicate. Uh, that's because they also don't have a middle linebacker, so he takes on a bit more responsibility. But at the end of the day. I want my safety. That expecting to be in the top ten to make more impactful plays on the game, and I just have not seen that. I'm not seeing him even take away tight ends when he is available. Uh, then on top of that, he got an injury bug. So it's like I'm looking at a, a player that hasn't had a turnover in two years. Well, yeah. three, yeah, three years. I guess you could say because it was. What was it, I, The years? last
1: one I remember was the, the pick six. His rookie right? year. The pick six against San Fran?
2: Yeah, his rookie year is the last we time he had his a game turnover. Logs. So it's like I just don't – safety is important in the league. Don't get me wrong. That's why the premium has, has went up dollar-wise. But I just don't feel like I would be getting my bang for my buck. I let him play out the year, and if he ball, balls out – I can reward him. If I don't reward him, somebody else will. But I just think that a lot of fans value him way too too much than what he really produces for the team overall. And they even mention him in the same breath as Sean Taylor is just like, hell nah, dog. The bar is set so low.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, you know, oh my God, but we gotta like if that's if if he's the last, if he's the safety that you think of like since since Sean Taylor then. Like I, I think Cam Crow is a good player, but he ain't. Like it's a huge gap. Um, but it's turnovers. Uh, last he's last had an interception his rookie year. Um, all three of them came towards the tail end of the season. So two and two in December, one in January, uh, in the season finale against Philly. Um, and then he's had zero. <laughs> he had zero forced fumbles. Um, yeah. Not really creating turnovers. Three years. AJ's is right. Um, no turnovers in three years, and I think that's the most important thing. Like people don't understand, like when you try to evaluate this, and and, and I I always give credence to, and it's my last thing I'm gonna say on Cam Curl because I don't, you know, we, we we know how we feel, but um like this player and that position and even defensively altogether, when you get paid big bucks, is because you're a difference maker. Like they drafted Chase Young at number two over a quarterback context aside but they drafted chase young at number two because he was going to be just as valuable as anybody else that they can pick in their head like chase young is going to be the one that gets the sacks flips flips field position forces turnovers and and that is that is exactly what a a upper echelon uh, a vision of upper echelon player looks like and uh for for cam curl I think his time will come. And I and I, I do take note that you are, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you are saying you're willing to change your mind only after he plays his final year out, but you're not gonna pay him any time before that. And that's I think that's completely fair.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm willing to consider it right now. I'm not even considering extension, uh, especially when you're talking about a guy potentially wanting top ten money, like that that money could go towards Sweat or or Chase Young if we're gonna be perfectly honest versus a safety that makes no impact on the game like it's just another body out there if he starts making you know turnovers whether it be forced fumbles fumble recoveries interceptions then I could say like hey you know this man definitely deserves a pay raise from this particular team but it would be very challenging even for him to identify his market to a different team if he were if if Cam Kerr was in free agency right now I don't even know if he would make a top 40 list of available free agents possibly like because of the lack of impactful plays um, that he, he hasn't really shown over the time span of his career. Then you add in the injuries, but um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. And you got to also factor in this ownership stuff too. It's like, am I going to be trying to extend this safety when I have my D tackle, I need to worry about also got, my DNs coming up on new deals in the coming year or two, like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Monty. So, um, mostly Buffalo
1: nickel, but this year they did a really good job because of Derek Forrest. Um, they did a really good job of, of rotating the safety. So, um, he's played some free safety, single high. Um, he's, he's, he's played too high and he's also played, yeah, the Buffalo nickel, as you mentioned, um, Hawk said, that's the point he was trying to make. We've had guys, play safety that had no impact nor impressed the fans um before curl i can't remember anyone who played safety. <laughs> hey man it's it was a messy shout out to dj swearinger it was a messy it was a messy and, and brandon merriweather it was a messy messy time uh back there at safety for a long time um all right so yeah like i said on the on the show we're going to go ahead and get right into it. offensive line linebackers and cornerbacks let's start go ahead and start off with offensive line um now i'm gonna pose this question to you and matter of fact, no, it's going to be part of the conversation. Let's go ahead and start off with who's on the roster. Uh, Wes Schweitzer and Trey Turner are unrestricted free agents. Uh, Tyler Larson is an un- unrestricted free agent. Um, AJ, at this point, we don't even know what Cosme's future position is. Um, we don't know if they want to put him at right tackle or right guard, um, or just interior altogether. Uh, that can be left guard too. I don't know. Um, so how I outline this, this position group, the offensive line. Is that there are one certain there is one certainty and four uncertainties left guard, left, uh, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, all unclear. But I think Leno is the one person that I can sit here and say is somebody where you have an answer at the very least. And I also don't think that Leno is a top tier tackle in terms of like overall. I don't think he's top five. I think he's a a solid, I think. First off, I think he's underrated by the fan base because he's he had a rough year. Um, but he's also had a rough year going up against some top tier talent you know, and pass rushers. Like they were all he had a lot of dogs that he went up against, and he played he played hurt. Um, but with that being said, my point of being that is if Leno is your weakest link on that offensive line, I think you're in good shape. But if he's your strongest point, that's the problem, and I think that was the problem this year. Um, is relying on Leno or or asking, uh, this offensive line to hold up, and, and Leno is your strongest guy. Like he shouldn't be in he shouldn't be in that position, uh, where they're asking him to kind of. I mean, technically, left tackle hold down the fort, but he shouldn't be the one. Like he should have a lot more help than what he had on that offensive line. So, uh, what are you thinking overall about the the position groups, uh, the uncertainty? Like, where where is your head going? Like, are you are you diving into Uh, Free agency primarily? Are you diving into the draft primarily? Um, Are you dibbling and dabbling in both? Like, where's your head at, just your overall thoughts when you think about this offensive line?
2: I mean, overall, you want to build some continuity amongst that group. Uh, When you keep switching players week in and week out, it, it, it doesn't help for those guys to build a rapport and understand the communication. I think sometimes we undervalue that communication aspect, especially amongst the group that needs to be able to have that report to pass on defenders. Uh, you know, like, aside from just knowing your assignment, but being able to communicate, hey, I'm going to pass this DN to you or whatever whatever the case is, I think I would dabble into free agency in some aspect, uh, possibly getting a, a guard, um, maybe also try to get a swing tackle, Um in the draft, I think I would look at a tackle in the second, the third round. I wouldn't necessarily use my first round pick. Feel like just because you have a need there, you also don't need to reach. Um, you can obtain a tackle that could play right away for you in the second or third round. I mean, just even look at Chris Paul, the guard uh, from Tulsa, uh, that Washington drafted in the later round. His his uh. His teammate, who also played guard and tackle, I want to say, Trey Smith, is with the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and he's a dog, and he got drafted later on in the draft. So you can get these pieces. I mean, even look at the Eagles. They got a guy from Australia that they converted Mm. from a rugby player into a left tackle. (laughs) Like, he's taken over the the fort for – Jason Peters. Uh, Jason Peters. Uh, This team also lost an all-pro in Brandon Brooks at guard and and didn't miss a beat. So it's all about coaching those guys up. Juan Castillo is a pretty damn good uh, offensive line coach, but you don't necessarily need to get a first-round pick, uh, tackle, or guard uh, at the end of the day. That doesn't guarantee success. I think there's some guys that you could look at uh I in particular I like Jalen Duncan out of University of Maryland that you could get in the second, third round. I also like a, a another guy, I don't know his full name all the way, but for this segment, I refer to him as Olu. He plays center for University of Michigan. He's a dog. Oh yeah, at, the senior bowl, right? At, yeah. At what he can get done, he'll probably go second to third round. Uh so you could definitely develop your line and and get these guys coached up. Um tackle position in the free agency. I don't really like it too much. The one big name is Orlando Brown who currently plays left tackle, but is probably better suited for a right tackle. Uh, But he made that switch so that he could get paid like a top left tackle in the league. Not sure what's going to happen there, but I just wouldn't want to fork over that, that type of money to a guy like that. I'd rather uh, possibly draft a guy. Um, I think you can just get creative. Um, you know, like I shared with you guys in that in that group chat that we have, like just look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, how they've done a a job of uh, mixing up picks uh, with their starters and also free agency and trades uh, on both sides of the ball. I think that Washington just has to, you know, make an emphasis on getting talent and being able to coach them up. But Romo Vera has never really invested into offensive line during his coaching tenureship like that. He's never taken a left tackle, right tackle, offensive lineman in the first round in any draft as Carolina Panthers head coach. So I don't predict that to happen now.
1: So Hawk brought up a, a – I mean, so Hawk, I think you're right. And and for those who are listening to the audio, Hawk mentioned um this team's has a lot of inaccuracies that needs to be addressed since Ron and company literally have one ideal shot at fixing the team. Uh, give me your ideal position groups that you draft or sign for agents. Uh, but Hulk mentioned that he, in his opinion, there's no way Ron fixes them all. Um, Hulk, I think that you're right. And um, and Monty, I agree with you as well. We need to get a center. Um, I think that's why. Um, I'm gonna start internally and go externally with mine, AJ. Um, and and Hulk, I'll I'll get to you and 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 why I agree with uh why there's no reason or why Ron can't fix them all. Um, so internally uh i'm bringing back west uh even in week 18 aj like west if you i don't know if you seen the all 22 yet but like he was a standout like off the off the like, every single from quarter one to quarter four flying off the ball quick off the ball um uh, physical um him and chris paul well chris paul i mean, i i shouldn't have threw his name out there west weiser was a dog um, Chris Paul, I thought was, was, was good for his debut, but Wes Schweitzer really stood out at the center spot, um, played, I think one of his better games that he played at center all season long. Um, and, and I liked what I saw in that finale. I, I think that what he did, um, understanding that he was a free agent, maybe it could have been a play just to, to just to have that last impression on the commanders and, and any other team that may have interest in them. Um, but also just understanding that he may have just been a, comp- a competitor that night. Um, and point being is I don't want to lose a guy like that, whether he's starting or being a backup, um, or competing for a starting role. I would love to bring Wes Schweitzer back. Uh, figure that one out. I'm cool with letting Trey Turner go. Um, Tyler Larson, same deal. Um, I liked him when he played. It, it's unfortunate that he's gotten hurt the last two seasons in a row, and I don't know exactly how much you can invest into that. But also, like, I don't know where Tyler Larson's head is at mentally, like, in terms of his willingness to come back and even play. Like, I think Tyler is – let me take a look. I have the – Tyler is 20 – he actually may be older than 29. Let me see. 31. Tyler Larson is 31, and he just got hurt again. Um, So, that's going to be interesting in terms of, like, how they approach that. But bottom line, like Monty says, they need a center. They need to find an answer – there chase rouye is still around um but chase rouye in the same boat as tyler larson got hurt for two straight seasons um and lars i mean Ruye is getting hurt after he got a contract extension so you can't even trust him um i don't know where you're going to go at the center spot and and that's the, the the main reason why i sit here and say as i started off this part with the offensive line is you have left guard center <laughs> right guard right tackle all unclear uh, you have no idea what they want to do at center. But I think the main thing, like when you even think about that position is just how bad it was throughout this season and how uh, chaotic that offensive line was at times when you didn't have a person who can really get everything in position and get everything set the way it needed to be. Um, It was a mess uh, up until Tyler Larson came in for the brief period of time he was available. Uh, so maybe they consider bringing him back. And again, same same spot as West, like competing for a starting spot, maybe even – um, just being a full blown backup uh until they find their answer unless they they're they're just gonna rock out with Chase Ruye for the another season. um Leno, I'm cool with Leno, but I'm also willing to move on from him if there is a clear upgrade at left tackle and the only way that I'm looking at left tackle is if you're going Orlando Brown, or you're going in the draft and you're looking at some of the top talents or top tackles uh in the in the draft the draft. So I've been looking at Peter Skaronsky out of uh Northwestern. And I haven't finished his tape yet, but I'm two games in and I do like what I see. I and by the way, uh film session coming up on the way for those who listen or watch the the, the film breakdowns. Uh, that'll be coming out soon. But point being, Peter he's a, a guy where i look at if he makes it to 16 because i think the way he's playing the way that i'm what i'm watching right now i think he's a top 10 pick so if he ends up making it to 16 that's something that i would easily consider um no question uh but here's my thing aj and this is what i was going to ask that now that i got to this point and hawk i might as well answer your question first um There's no way Ron's going to be able to fix everything at one point. So you got to take bites out of the, or or bites out of the apple. I think that's the right phrase. You got to find a way to address what's most important and and figure out what you can live with. And maybe you get lucky when you consider like what you got to live with. Maybe you get lucky with this crop and these guys end up being quality starters or contributors to your roster. And now you, now you can live with these guys and now you can develop these guys into being something more than what you anticipated. Um, but the priority for me is offensive line. That's that's the end of the that's the bottom line priority for me. Um, figuring out what you need to do to fix every single position that has a question mark. Um, especially if they if they're considering giving Sam Howe every opportunity to start, uh, for them. So, my question to you, AJ, was, um, I've seen some mocks lately, and these mocks have. Uh, some players that I don't know yet. I'm I'm very early in my process, but you you have you you, you already you already ahead of the ahead of the curve, uh, because of your job. <laughs> um, but I seen some mock drafts, bro, where cornerback was taken in like three mock drafts. Um, and I saw one where offensive line was taken. Um, how are you prioritizing that first round pick? This is early. This is very early pre-draft or or, or draft talk. Uh, we're not going to hold you against anything right now. Um, you can change your answer in a couple of weeks if you want to. But how are you approaching that first round pick, understanding that you may have a a first a, a clear cut first round bonafide starter, starting talent uh, at offensive line versus like going cornerback? Where are you? How are you gauging or, or breaking down your analysis to to picking one position over the other?
2: I mean, I feel like in this particular draft. Uh, some teams are elevating these tackles based upon teams' needs, but there's not really, in my eyes, I don't really see an elite left tackle. I don't see a Trent Williams. I don't even see an elite right tackle in like a Lane Johnson. I don't see, I don't see an elite tackle in this draft. Um, I just don't see one at all. Uh, so like I said, a lot of these guys are being pushed up in these mocks or in the draft, but when you look at the cornerback position, it's a deep class for cornerbacks, but you also want to be able to get an elite guy. So if you have the likes like, uh, Joey Porter there, Christian Gonzalez, who are these six two, six, three corners that possibly going to run a four or four also have good hips and, and length to them. You want to be able to grab one of those guys. Then you have another tier of corners, safeties that bring versatility in a Brian branch out of Alabama, uh, a Weatherspoon out of Illinois. Um, You also have Ringo out of Georgia. So it's like you want to be able to grab one of those elite corners because this is a passing league. Uh, A lot of teams are coming out in three wide receiver sets. So if you don't have that depth at at cornerback, you could be in a, a lot of trouble. And this is also not a draft. I mean, this is also not a free agency period that has great cornerbacks in it. Uh, I think, like, the top cornerback as of right now in free agency is Patrick Probably going to be due dude from Philly. It's Patrick Peterson and James Bradbury. Um, yeah, so it's like that's why I expect a lot of corners to go in the first round, uh, first and second round, especially overall. Um, I think you just got to play your board. Like if you evaluate um, Joey or Christian as your top corner, you got to possibly look into that. Maybe you can move back in and and get some teams to come up, but you also run that risk. I just think overall for this particular team, it's like what could you really attack in free agency that could be beneficial and cornerback is not one of those positions that they can, per se, attack in free agency to improve their their depth and also adding players of elite status. You have to go ahead and take that advantage in being able to bring in the likes of a Joey Porter or a Christian Gonzalez. And I have Gonzalez as my top corner in the draft. So,
1: Dre, man, did the little man put up 40 today?
0: He just getting started. I just dropped him off up there, so he—I don't know. Hopefully, he's going forty. He doing something. Hey, man. Hey,
1: listen. (laughs) Hey, no, no forty piece, no food. Tell him.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know what I'm saying? No rib tips. (laughs) Hey, how you feeling Uh, though? uh, Everything?
2: uh, Oh, my bad. I was just gonna add me. I just seen that uh, the the Raiders allowing (laughs) Derek Carr to go on a visit to the New Orleans Saints.
1: you know what's crazy yeah i had that i really had that pulled out i meant to talk about that before i even started everything else absolutely (laughs) yeah that's gonna be interesting so is it they got the ball rolling starting in new orleans man hell yeah they need a quarterback up there well well well, well, (laughs) how y'all going to feel if 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 that visit ends up being uh out in landover or i guess ashburn i guess
2: I think you got to do your due diligence. I mean, I don't I don't know what assets the Saints have to even compensate the Raiders. But that's what I was saying. I feel like a lot of this is happening in advance so that Derek can force a he could force a not force a a trade cuz he has to get released if there's no trade by the 15th, but this is allowing him to legally have conversations with representatives about what a contract would look like if he got released. Cause I don't, I don't see a trade. I don't see a trade happening, especially when I see a team like the saints mentioned, like they don't have no compensation to fairly give the Raiders. This is more. So he's getting a a super early start on this and saying, Hey, maybe, maybe the Raiders may not want to lose me for free and they'll have to just take whatever and I would still keep my contract, or if I do get released, I already got a feel for what the Saints would be willing to do for me in the offensive system, and also what they would be willing to pay me because I'd be ripping up my current contract and getting a new one.
0: Well, my question is, what what's, what is the Raiders seeking for him at this point? Because I don't know. I, I mean, is it a first-round pick, second-round pick? Because that's a big deal for teams.
2: Well, I guess it really boils down to the situation. Once again, they if they can't come to a trade, they're going to lose them for free. So yeah. it's like, do you lose them for free or do you lose them and gain something, whether it be possibly a first or a second? The the Saints don't have a first, from my understanding. Uh, or no, nah, they just, no, they don't they have they, one because Denver doesn't even have a first this year, Right. Uh, that what did um, the they give Sean, for Sean Payton? That Sean Payton trade is the first, but I think it's the first for next year. I don't even know, it's a lot of detail to look at right
1: today. now. Um, eight days ago before the trade, now they had a first rounder. Um, they had a 20 29th pick, so they had the tw- yeah, they had a 29th pick uh, in the first round of this year, uh, oh, second man. and a third, so that's before Sean Payton news. And I think Sean yeah. Payton gave them a first round this year.
2: The Saints had a 29th pick?
1: Um, Yeah, the Saints currently have a 29th pick.
2: Is that from the 49ers?
1: That is from... Yeah. No, from okay. Denver via Miami and San Fran. So I guess it was... Okay, that that yeah. pick so was from Sean That's from the
2: 49ers because the, um, the Dolphins lost their first round pick due to that tampering shit with the owner. So, yeah, I mean... Maybe they give him that, but I don't think that really suffice. But at the end of the day, it's like either we're gonna gain something for him or we're gonna lose him for free. So it all it all depends. I mean, I think it's interesting that they're allowing him to go take a visit tomorrow.
1: Yeah, no, nah, that is that's that's actually I I don't even remember the last time I seen something like that. Like uh the request and then the visit while still on the current team. Like I know that they they've allowed in the past players to seek options uh through their agents, like, but I've never seen like a full-blown recruitment effort being allowed from a team that currently has a player on their roster that's about to get traded or released. Um, this is new to me. Um okay, so I'm gonna get let's get Dre's thoughts on offensive line right quick. Uh Code, I see you. I know I haven't, I haven't, I ain't say nothing to you earlier, but what's going on with your playoff ball as well? Roger, I see you, big dog. Uh, KV, yes sir we are good man um all right so the conversation uh overall thoughts on the offensive line as we head into the offseason i know that's kind of a broad topic so you can take it wherever you want to go um and then the question that you came in on uh how are you prioritizing this again your answer can change in a couple weeks you're allowed to is it's february the draft is in is in april but where are you right now in terms of uh, offensive line and, and, and viewing that as a uh in and, and the, the the priority of draft compared to other positions.
0: I mean, the offensive line is a huge priority this season. I mean, it's one of the biggest needs we've been talking about. I mean, obviously, you've seen how poorly they performed throughout the season. They were one of the catalysts for why this season went awry the way that it did. And, you know, maybe it even – Sent Carson Wentz into a deeper hell than he already was in his career, but that was the focal point. And for me, I'm gonna, I'm going to start with this because I don't know if you all mentioned this on the show yet, but it sounds like Eric Bieniemy is going to be the guy. I mean, they're saying he's a uh, mutual, you know, interest with the team, and I only say that because I got to figure that if he's coming here. Ron is fixing that offensive of line. I mean, you have to give Eric. I mean, if an Eric Bieniemy type is coming here, that's something big that you have to, you know, correct because you need this guy. You need this line to, you know, without any quarterback, any quarterback you're looking at in the draft, whether trade, free agency, whatever, they can't perform if they're not having an offensive of line here. So you got to figure that's going to be one of the things that they're going to, you know, address. And but if you're going to go to the question of, you know prioritizing cornerback over offensive line. I'm going cornerback first. And I agree with AJ because AJ, you know, made a great point in the fact that there's no elite tackles in his draft. You're not going to reach for one. Although I wouldn't be mad if they got one of, you know, the guy from Alabama, I like him, but I think this is a depth draft for offensive line. I don't think there's too much of a separator from the guys that's listed in the first round between the second round. And you probably can get a guy there in the second round, but we definitely need a tackle. We need a guard. And I'm starting to question, are they going to start addressing center? Because Chase year? I mean, he can't stay healthy. Last two years, I mean, he's had season in the injuries, and I don't know when he's going to be ready this year. I don't know if he's going to miss most of the training camp, but at some point you got to start talking about addressing center and if you're going to attack that. I know they gave Chase a contract a couple of years ago. But right now, he's just not reliable. I mean, he's good when he's healthy. But at this point, we don't know how good he's going to be coming off his injury. But with that said, again, I'm going with one of the top cornerbacks if they land in my lap because we need, you know, to solidify that position, especially in the NFC East. You got, you know, with the the offenses you have, Jalen Hurst getting better as quarterback course, you still have Dak, and they always like to pass the ball over there. And then, you know, you got Brian Dayball in New York, so they're going to be a passing offense whether Daniel Jones is there or not. So you got to address cornerback if one of those guys fall to you, because I do think those guys have a chance to be elite. So that's what I'm prioritizing as far as the in first round of the draft. But I think you have to walk out of this draft somewhere in these first two, three to four rounds with two offense alignment. I need two of those at least.
1: I. I'm saying look, I need I need four answers. Um, are we okay with now? This is a weird question given that I don't think anybody really asked this yet, but um given his two years, I think it's okay to ask it now. Um, and I don't even necessarily think that he shouldn't be around, but how are we feeling about Sam Cosby? Um, do you all see something in him where you where you feel that he will be around beyond his rookie contract or is this like one of those where it's like look we just gotta manage with him because i don't see that man i don't see that man sticking around for for a long period of time uh what are y'all thoughts on sam because he's again he's a he's a person where he doesn't currently have a position right now like they they put him at two different spots and I don't remember where I heard this from because it was like a week or two ago. Nah, it was more than definitely more than a week ago. But one of the reporters um, spoke with Sam Cosme after the season was over, I guess, locker room cleanup or whatever. And he said that he don't even know what the, their plans are for him. And if he's saying that when the season is over. That don't even sound good. Like, how did they not communicate what their intentions are for you? Um, So where are y'all at with Sam Cosme? Um, is this a potential uh, situation where you're like, all right, there goes one more hole, uh, and one more, and in one whiff on the offensive line that we that we tried to draft and try to solidify on that right side of the uh, of the offense?
2: I mean, I feel with with Cosme, that was a bad draft pick from the jump. I said that immediately. I don't know if y'all remember. Of course, it was a 2001. I really don't. I mean, I don't what tell you. 2021 draft pick, second round. I felt like they went first with Jamin Davis and still on the board was JOK when they had their pick uh, that second round. I felt like they should have went with two linebackers and see which one was going on top the other one. Um, Cosme was never an elite tackle either left right side with Texas. Like I seen him get dogged by athletic defensive ends whenever he had to face them. I felt like he could be better at at guard and, and kind of be a, a molar in, in some cases and, and play with that dog, but I don't really know if he got that dog in him. Um, once I knew they drafted him to be a right tackle to replace Morgan Moses, I was like, What the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, my bad for cursing, but I was like, What the hell is that? That, don't, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, once again, Ron. Ron has never really done a good job of building up offensive lines. So I'm not surprised with some of the choices that they've been making. But I mean, when you look back at that draft, when you see guys like, uh, you know, um, a Creed Humphrey who plays center for the Kansas city chiefs that, you know, got drafted later on that second round, you see guys like, uh, J. That were drafted later on that round, um, Jalen Mayfield from Atlanta Falcons. Like you have other guys that went in that draft that they could have used over a Cosme and instead, you know, you are where you are with, with this situation uh, with Cosme. And it's, it's alarming that going into the end of the year and, you know, his last interview with the media, he doesn't even know their plan with him. You know, we've seen, we seen during the season that they kept rotating him between tackle and guard, which which was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in professional football in my life. So it's like, hey, man, just put the man at guard, coach him up and let him get prepared for that and see what he got. But I don't expect him to get a contract extension. I don't think he's a good player. I didn't think he was a good prospect coming out of Texas. I felt like it was a, a reach to get him there, because like I said, he struggles with athletic defensive ends, and that's primarily what the league is made up of, of athletic defensive ends. So if you struggle on the collegiate level against Big 12 talent, what you think will happen in the NFC East, or just in the NFL in general, when you're going against the guys like Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, because these are rotational uh, DNs. They could they could play them on the left or the right. They're just going to attack the weakest link, and hmm. you happen to be one of the weakest links. <laughs> so so it's like, yeah, you're gonna get exposed every week. Um I'm trying to remember the opening game. He didn't look he didn't look good against Joey Bosa. Uh his oh, out
1: last year. Uh yeah, his rookie his
2: debut. he yeah. I was at the game. He got dog. Like he got dog and it showed exactly like this is gonna be challenging because Bosa is not even He's not even a speedster off the edge. He's just a technician and works well with his hands. So it just kind of told the story for the rest of the season They continued to play him. He was in and out. He got hurt. Uh, Ron created a hole that he didn't need to with Morgan Moses. And, yeah, now you got a second-round pick that you have to be a right tackle that's up in the air not knowing if he's going to play tackle or guard.
1: Yeah, um, one thing, Monty, I don't think – so to be clear – the question, I, I think, is a valid question. Um, I don't think he was terrible, uh, Monty. I don't think he was uh, to that point. But I, I don't think he was good enough where you can sit here and say we can move forward with him without a shot of a doubt. Like, I think this year is going to be just as big as the last year. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm like, this may be brewing into a situation where you got another eventual hole at offensive line. So that's kind of where I'm coming from, Monty. Uh, Drake, go ahead. You got the floor.
0: Yeah, I mean, what Cosme, like I said, it sounds like they don't have a plan for him. For me, just off of hearing him, I would assume that they don't feel comfortable putting him at tackle. I think that's the dilemma the team is probably having, and you really don't know what he is at guard because you haven't seen him play there consistently. So as you said, Maul, he's a man without a position right now. So you you can't really slot him in as any kind of strength. I mean, and technically, I mean, you can say he's a weakness at uh, right tackle because he hasn't really played that well there, but This is the troubling thing about the whole offensive line at this point, because who on that offensive line has started this year? Can you go into next season feeling that you're comfortable? And you can't address all five positions in one season, I don't think, or one off season. I mean, because you only have so many draft picks, and it's only so many good guys available in the free agent market any year at the offensive line. So this is really concerning because I'm not comfortable with Charles Leno starting another season at left tackle. I'm not comfortable with Norwell or Trey Turner at all. We still don't know what the hell is up with Chase year if he's going to be healthy or if he's even going to be good anymore. And then you got Sam Cosby. And then there's Cornelius Lucas, of course. But, I mean, who knows? He's a, he's a swing guy, backup guy. It's not a guy you want to pencil in as a starter. So you're, you're troubled right now in that all five spots. And so Sam Cosmi is a guy I've been looking at because I'm like, you don't want to give up on him yet. You want to see if he does have a position, if he does have a strength in his league. So maybe they do give him the right go. The right guard spot next year or the left guard spot, I don't know where they'll put him at, but they got to see if something works with him at this point because they did invest a high second around picking him last year. So it's put up a shut up for Sam, but right now it's really concerning for the whole offensive of line.
1: Yeah, um, we can leave it there and get to the other positions right quick. Uh, so let me get across this stuff out so I don't get myself confused. Uh, linebacker 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 so Cole Holcomb as we know is a free agent um what where are you at with the price range on bringing Cole back um and then secondly matter of fact let's start there if if you were to bring Cole Holcomb back what is the, the price range that you're you're offering him uh to come back to Washington
0: I'll start because um I, I, oh good because okay, I was away, gonna say I hope AJ got an answer for that one because I honestly don't know where he will be you know money wise no, right now I
2: mean I didn't know if you were asking me but he can go like <laughs>
0: I knew AJ was gonna say nah no.
2: so yeah
1: I know that I, I know I said, road, we, he had a
2: yeah, two parter come back no more no
0: more no more, no more. <laughs> do they have
1: his value on they don't have his value damn so they don't have his market value on track. um I gotta go to the position right quick. Now I just wanted to see like cuz I at the end of the day there's a there's a clear argument to to say that he can walk right but I also think that you have to take into consideration Washington doesn't have anybody out there behind Jamie Davis like David Mail's gone John Bosick's going to go um uh who else is out there uh Kalik Hudson, Milo Eifert like somebody has to come back like that is just the that's just the facts of the matter and then you got Cole Hokum that's gone too like somebody has to come back and and I think that uh I'm not interested in seeing Kalik. like a lot of people made a big deal about his last game against the Dallas Cowboys uh but they forgot that he was here for three more years. Like he was here three years ago and they actually tried to give him that Buffalo nickel role before cam curl emerged. And Khalid did nothing with that opportunity that they gave him. Like that's the main, he is the main reason why we found out what Buffalo nickel was. And when they started talking about it so much in Washington and it became such a, a repeated recycled phrase because Khalid Hudson was being fit in at that spot. Um, he didn't make the best of his opportunity there. So I don't think you're bringing him back. Uh, my little Eifert, um, like you know about him because of preseason, David Mayo, John Bostic. Like you don't want to bring them back for for the obvious reasons. Like, it sucked. Um, John Bostic did okay this year, but like he ain't, he's not an athlete. <laughs> he's not athletic. He's not athletic enough. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with Cole, man. Like I think that's the guy that you target to bring back. And, and I think at the number, I don't sit here and think that. Uh, let me go. I, I've been meaning to do this. Um, linebacker. Where is it at? linebacker oh four million wow so the average so the average position i mean the average spending i think is four million at linebacker and I think you could pay him four million dollars um yeah four point 4 point3 million uh i think you can offer that much uh as a starting point point. and I don't know I'm not gonna say anything, act like I'm an expert at this stuff but like if you can give them a fair deal contract um and and see if he wants to take that versus like him taking the chance out there and seeing if he can get a big payday somewhere. I'm willing to give him a a fair market deal, uh, for his for his production, uh, and also for him to stay here because there's not many like you don't want to have uh too many holes going to 2023, bro. Right? And, and I think that he's one that you can just give him some money. He knows that he knows the defense, he knows the players, uh, and, and just live with that for a couple more years until you find another out or find a better spot. I mean, a better player to replace him with.
0: I actually agree with you more. I will bring Cole back simply, you know, because I don't think he's going to break the bank. He's probably going, like you said, be in that four to five million a year range, which I mean, that's pretty much it's not, you know, elite uh, territory for linebackers. But again, you don't want to make too many holes on the defense, but, and he's also a position that will be easily replaceable. Like, I mean, if you have him on the team, he's not, you know, blocking anyone. Like if you wanted to draft a rookie or you found someone else, they can easily come in and start over Cole or, you know, Cole can work with them. I mean, he, he, he's a good guy to have on the field at time. He's no superstar. He's not a star at all, but I mean, he's a player, but. Again, I'm not going too much on the price with him. Um, I know AJ probably hates this. He's going to definitely say no, right, AJ?
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess when you look at it, how Maul broke it down, like, there's no Bostic or Mayo that probably be in return and how Ron and them have proven to operate this linebacker room. They're, they're just bringing in former guys or guys that already kind of know the system. In some case, it's like, Cole Holcomb's injury helps to their advantage to give him. Oh uh, yeah, that's A little, uh, lesser, a lesser type of deal than what he was expecting to, to possibly get if he hit the open market in this magnitude. Um, but I mean, for me, if it were my decision, I'm I'm trying to acquire a big dog. I'm trying to get the Levante Davis or uh, Tremaine Ed, uh, Edmonds uh, from Buffalo. Um, I'm not really Mike ready.
1: Muffle, uh, uh, AJ. Yeah, I said I'm trying to acquire
2: go. a big dog at linebacker, uh, whether it be a Levante David who can can lurk the middle of the field and and plays great in the passing game, but also in the run game as well, uh, a leader. Or I'm trying to get uh, a speedster who's been holding it down at middle linebacker and impactful player uh, that's been under the, under the table. Uh, and Tremaine Edmonds, who's – I want to say he went top 10 in the draft uh, some years ago out of VTech. Talking about a 6'4", 255 linebacker that can roam sideline to sideline to pair with – he's only 25,
0: which is much better than David.
2: Yeah, he's also from Virginia, uh, not northern Virginia, but he's still from Virginia. I would try to get one of those guys more so than worrying about Cole Holcomb. Uh, I think in free agency – the money should be going to a linebacker. Uh, And if you're going to spend that money on a linebacker in any regard, it should be going to uh, Tremaine Edmonds or either Levante David. You have to be able to bring in somebody with veteran presence and skill set versus Cole Holcomb. I mean, yeah, he brings no impact to the game. And if they wanted to utilize him how they they said – at middle linebacker he's not the guy for that that boy Mm -hmm. that boy was lost in a preseason game (laughs) he was lost in preseason so yeah i just i couldn't even imagine if he had to play the remainder of the season out for real like it would have looked so different for that defense um but i guess we'll we'll see how that that plays out but i wouldn't be harping on bringing in hokum but if they can't get one of those big dogs, I, I guess you could see him back if Holcomb wants to be back. But maybe he just wants a, a, a change as well. We have to also factor yeah. that in. Uh, it's not promised that he would want to just stay within this regime. They've kind of moved him all over the place, too. Another one of those situations where guys don't really know what their true role is on this team. They kind of just get thrown in the mix and, and told, hey, do this.
1: So $11 million. $11 million. Annual value is the projection for Tremaine Edmonds. Um, so they're looking at a four four-year 44 million dollar contract, um, projection-wise, and obviously these aren't you gonna final numbers Cam
2: curl money. <laughs> you said what now? I said one of the linebackers is gonna take Cam curl money, <laughs> right? That <laughs> the fans want to It's like it that's what S-O-L. I'm saying. Like when you when you compare these things, like when you talk about yeah, Cam Crow should get 15 million. Put in perspective, like that's money to a Levante David or a Tremaine Edmonds that have that will have a more impact that will have a bigger impact on the defense as a collective than a Cam Crow could ever wish to have.
1: Yeah, um, I'm over here looking at the comparable players. So, Eric, Eric Kendricks signed himself a five year, 50 million dollar deal. Um, when he signed. His, his 20 his contract at age 26 um dion four years 57 million at age 24 um zach cunningham four years 58 million at age 25 um damn can't uh cole hulkham may make he, he's not he ain't he ain't sniffing this money you're looking <laughs> at like a two-year deal for for cole right um damn okay uh where are we at cornerback um we kind of touched on it slightly in, in in correlation to the offensive line and that first round stuff uh i think we all know first off, we need to figure out it's a couple things i think the main thing is getting some help for ben st Juice on the outside um before so hawk asked us a question uh yes no would you take a chance on pat queen if the ravens let him go um first off i don't even know what he looked like this year so i'll just say Sure, yeah. If if he can help, I, I'll look. I'll look into it, but I don't know what his cost is. Uh What about y'all? Yes or no on pack pack Wing?
0: I would take him. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, I just want to upgrade the position.
2: Anything better than Cole Holcomb, bro? Like, <laughs> all right,
1: all I'd right. Take so a fly
2: on another guy before I I want to take another fly on Cole I, I've seen enough.
1: <laughs> I'm so... Um, so we know we need some help for Ben, Ben St. Jude's on the outside. Um, I also think that while the, the safety position was beneficial for Washington and that they can mix and match and they did a lot with Bobby McCain in the slot position. I don't think you can afford to do that. Like two years in a row. Like you got to find somebody who can hold down that slot spot. You got to find a definitive slot option as well. So, um, I don't know if, if Kendall Fuller can be that. I also am still hesitant on Kendall Fuller because um well, I think that he was be, he was able to, to force some turnovers and, and create some turnovers by you know just being opportunistic. I also think that um he wasn't challenging such a, a great deal uh to the extent in which he was like early in the season. And I don't I'm not saying that that's a, a knock on Kendall, but I am saying I don't think that a lot changed from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. He just happened to have some things going his favor. And and my point in being that uh, I don't know where Kendall foot, where Kendall fits. uh, If you find that upgrade on the outside, like are you willing to put him at slot and, and have him start there all, all 17 Um, given that, you know, he still, he still has his struggles uh, against athletic receivers and, in uh, the slot you're gonna get more shiftier they're gonna get a little bit more or dangerous and they got a two-way go like they're gonna get a little bit more dangerous for him and and again I'm not saying he sucks but I am saying that i I believe that he is still not as good as those turnovers or numbers would suggest he may be I think there's a little bit more uh, like a devil in the details when it comes to Kendall and I think you gotta really find that outside help you gotta find a slot option I just don't know where Kendall fuller foots uh but I also know that Uh, we got to figure out, like, what are the best options, the best routes to go at that position.
0: I mean, if you're talking about upgrading the cornerback position like a lot of us are talking about, I think you have to start talking about Kendall Fuller as a trade target, maybe a draft day trade, right. and, uh, you know, maybe you get a third round, fourth round pick for Kendall Fuller, because I mean, you're obviously looking to, like I said, if you're in the first round, if you're getting one of the, the Gonzalez or the Joey Porter juniors, if you're getting one of those guys, they're starting on the outside. And I think Ben St. Juice probably does have the other spot locked up. So Kendall Fuller doesn't ha- really have a home at this point. I mean, they like uh, Bobby McCain as safety. He's probably going to come back again for another year. And again, they have a really locked down a slot position. So yeah, I think you're going to have to find, you know, or start talking about trade. I mean, he's the only person I've been talking about trades. But, you know, this, you know, if you want to maximize, you know, your assets, you have to start being proactive and getting rid of guys before they walk for free. So Kendall Fuller will be one of my targets. And we talk about the top guys in a draft like Joey Porter Jr. and Gonzalez. But, Maul, I got a sleeper pick at cornerback for you. And I think you should know this guy. Last chance you. Ray John Wright, third round. I will be looking at him in the third round, too. I mean, even if I go early cornerback, he's, you can double down on cornerback. You know who I'm talking about, Mo?
1: Look, I, I've seen I've seen all the seasons, but um, where did he end up going to?
0: He played at Oregon State, and Oregon his brother State. got drafted by the Cowboys last year. He's a cornerback. Um, his brother got drafted third round. But remember, uh, he was the one he talked all of the shit on um, Last Chance U. He was a cornerback tall lanky dude and uh, i think he was on the oakland he was on the oakland one so um mm. he was one of the feature p- people on there but he's a guy i will be looking at if i'm in the third round and saying man this is a guy he's tall he got instincts to play the position and i think he could play the outside he would be a guy i look at if you know even if i get a top guy in the first round
1: hey look that's a that's a good that's a good call right there because look you you stumped me i gotta i gotta yeah. go look him up
2: yeah, yeah. you gotta go look him up again
1: uh aj where you at with this thing man
2: yeah i mean i definitely think that you have to uh explore some options there is is figuring out what you want to do how do you want to match up your corners i think right now you have a press man corner in ben st juice um that you kind of utilize his versatility in some aspect to be able to move inside to the slot and also play outside uh but currently as it stands his skill set doesn't match with with Kendall Fuller's. Uh, it's kind of hard to call a defense when you have a press man corner and then you have a off man zone corner in, in Kendall Fuller. Uh, it just doesn't mesh well. So you have to figure out how you plan to utilize Fuller going forward. And that's where I feel like you possibly, yeah, we think that Fuller can't play inside anymore as he used to be able to. Uh, but you got to figure out if you're going to move on from him or whatever the case is and, and possibly go and draft you uh, a, a guy that maybe can play inside, but primarily you want a guy outside that matches well with what Ben St. Jude's skill set is. And that's where you keep seeing in these mocks the Joey Porters being mentioned, the Christian Gonzalez uh, being mentioned as as options because those guys' skill set. Pairs well with what Ben St. Juice brings to the table. Um, I really don't know what happens with with Kendall. I would like to see him remain with the team. Uh, I would like to see them get a bit more creative with him, kind of moving him around like how they did in Kansas City. Uh, But I also don't expect this organization to just make that change overnight. Don't even know who's coaching up the DBs at this moment. With Charles Harris, right. hey, he uh, I mean, him. with Chris Harris taking the job at Tennessee, um, so
0: yeah. DJ, hold up, AJ, I gotta ask you: Have you ever said one bad thing about a Virginia Tech player? I just noticed that. Have you I never ever said a bad any? thing about a VT player.
2: Uh, on this show, ever, <laughs> ever? Yeah, I mean, there's some guys I don't like uh, from from, from, from VT. Um, I mean, I feel like with with. With Kendall, as you've seen, even in the last game, he's a ball hog, but he got he has yeah. to be put in situations to be able to go get the ball, and yeah. that's why for me, I rather convert him to free safety. Like I, I want him looking at the ball at all times, because I feel like he will make the best read. I think he's lost some speed to him, but he's always been a ball hog from high school to college. Like I just feel like when he came back to Washington for the second go round. They have not put him in the best situations to succeed. But ultimately, if we're gonna look at the secondary, he has the best ball skills on the team, aside from from defoe.
1: I about to say, I think he's taking over. Like, and I'm not even I'm not even saying that he's about to be like a top an elite safety or anything. I'm just saying I, I think that for Washington, I think that uh defoe is has taken over that spot. So I think even in that instance, you're looking at Kendall being a reserve player or like a, a, a rotation player in that instance too. Right. Like that's kind of where I'm thinking when you think like, where does he really fit and, and and that's just in my head. Like, I just don't know where he fits in, And And these are good solutions, like moving his position or even trading them. Like I, when Dre said trade, I said, Oh, that solves all, all my problems. Like go ahead, man. flourish somewhere. But here, I just don't know. And and I don't know how much valuable time he can really get here Knowing, like at least from my opinion, knowing that I don't, I don't think that he can, he can hold hold on long term. I, I just think that he had some opportunities, uh, and he he made the best of them towards the tail end of the season last year. Last year, yeah,
2: I'm, I mean, I think his his options is either he restructures or he'll get released. I don't really think there'll be much of a market for him. It'll probably be a, a lesser draft pick, but yeah, I, it, it just boils down to this defense getting creative. It's like you look at a C.J. Gardner-Johnson who got traded from New Orleans Saints to the Eagles. They put him at nickel. sometimes. They put him at strong safety. They put him at free safety. It's like at some point, Jack Del Rio and company have to get creative with their ball hawks and and get them around the ball as much as possible. And I just don't feel like they they do enough of that uh, with the guys. But with Kendall Fuller, if you are going to take a corner uh, first round, you know, you got to be prepared to utilize him if he's going to be on the roster at different positions and not just have him idle as just a, a boundary corner.
1: It'll be interesting. Um So we can go, if y'all want to, man, we can go to Eli Apple route, you know what I'm saying? Get Get your boy Eli, you know, from Cincinnati, you know. You know, Ron loves the Ron loves the bank on those guys uh where where everybody says he can't. Ron Rivera believes that he can he can with that guy. You you certainly would the win.
0: I'm the guy.
1: Hey, <laughs> he 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 believes in these guys, man. Who's like that'll also make me believe that he'll think about like that's that's also led me to believe that he'll think about that position with um even coordinator and and all in and quarterback. Like there are some people out there where people say he can't. And and Ron are probably trying to convince the world that he can with those guys too, um. But nah, they got some they got some interesting names out there: Bradley Roby, James Bradbury, Jonathan Jones from New England. Um, obviously mentioned Eli Apple. Not necessarily calling him like a top tier guy, but uh, AJ mentioned as well Patrick Peterson. Um, Troy Hill kind of made a name for himself at some point in in Los Angeles. I just don't know like exactly where where he's valued. Um, I don't know too much about him from a contractual standpoint or like how he compares around the league. Uh Kyle Fuller, Kendall's brother, um, is an unrestricted free agent. Um, I think those are about the most notable names that I'm coming across. Fabian Moreau is a free agent this year. Um, hmm. yeah. I uh, I I listen I listen to AJ and I'm like, yeah, hey, this it's probably like a draft a draft season for, for that cornerback position.
2: Yeah, Definitely. that's that's why so many it's like if you were an above average corner in college, you should have came out like point blank period, because it's gonna be so many corners that get taken. I mean, it's so many teams that are on the offensive side of the ball are, are running three wide receiver sets. Like you need as many corners as you can get. Um yeah, that that free agency market for corners is trash.
0: That's why I said I would double dip in the draft, man. Like I said, if I go cornerback in the first round, I go right again in the third round. I mean, just go ahead and stack up because, like I said, I don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback position. I mean, whatever they decide there, but because they're probably not going to go expensive unless they go to the trade route, Hey, stop this roster up, man, and go ahead and get fired and let the next coach come in and get his quarterback <laughs> with a nice roster. <laughs> uh,
1: and, and on top of that, too, like we don't know what's going on, with Christian Holmes. Like that was the rookie that they drafted last year, and you know he had his opportunities, and he didn't last long as a starter. <laughs> they said your time is up, buddy, man. We're Special gonna, teams we're go guy. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. And Then um, he got Percy
0: Butler. I mean, what's what's the plan with him? I mean, he's. I mean, he didn't get much defensive snaps from my recollection this year. I don't think.
1: I don't think they anticipated Forest Ascension,
0: that's like, the way they did. That too. Uh,
1: I think that was the plan for for Percy was to do what, probably was to do what Defo did and <laughs> right. Um, Defo said to hell with that, bro. Yeah, <laughs> sit your ass down, bro. Um, he said, tell the, tell the good people Sirianni was hired January twenty twenty one. They plan. Do we? I mean, look. AJ, do you want to touch on this? The, the fact that Sirianni and, and the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are in the Super Bowl two years after or Sirianni was off. hired.
2: I, I, mean, I, I mean, I can. It's, it's a difference between a good organization and how it's ran between a bad one. Like I said, when Washington made the playoffs before Sirianni got hired, they were supposed to take advantage of that opportunity and build upon that. Instead, they brought back the same, the same roster and made no significant improvements. They went and got... They went and got Ryan Fitzpatrick at, at quarterback. Like, they made no improvements. And as you can see with these two teams in in the Super Bowl, you have to be willing to execute well in the draft, but also play the free agency market, also play the trade market. Um, like, look at look at um, Kansas City offensively. They've drafted well. Um, a lot of their players on the offensive line have been have been drafted. Uh, but they also added Joe Turney from uh, New England Patriots in free agency. They traded for Orlando Brown. Uh, they traded for Kadarius Tony. Uh, they went and signed, and dealing, man. They went and signed MVS. They went and signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They drafted Isaiah Pacheco, or however the hell you say his name. Eagles. They they went and drafted Jalen Hurts while they had Wentz, but they also made that impactful trade and getting AJ Brown at wide receiver. Um, they drafted Devonte Smith. Like they've added even on the defensive side in in Philly, they went and signed Hassan Reddick. They traded for Jordan Davis and moved up in the draft to get him. They went and signed the Souzas, the Josephs. Uh, they released Fletcher Cox, brought him back at a at a, at a more reduced rate. They traded – did they trade or did they sign James Bradbury? I think they signed James Nine. Bradbury, yeah. but they also traded for Darius Slay uh, some years ago. They traded for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Like, <laughs> they they traded for Robert Quinn. They created a rotation for their defense so guys that can stay healthy and fresh. Like, they made so many moves and were aggressive in both the free agency market trades and also uh, draft. That they've been able to, you know, build this roster up to to be in the chip. So that's the difference. It's, it's night and day. Like, what what has Ron done that even reflects remotely close to what the Eagles have done as far as Just like eat- adding talent to their roster. And and they have a mixture of young guys, but also veterans. Where these veterans can take the lead and coach when the coaches aren't even available to necessarily be there or doing the extra work. In, in this program it's really all driven on the young players taking to the coaching and having to to man themselves there's really no veteran presence to assist them
0: but see this is why i'm saying this is why all washington fans should be celebrating ownership change this is the last dance night of failure and look at it the Eagles, Howie Roseman, general manager. I mean, he's a great general manager. I mean, he's proven that with how he's built the roster. He brought in a Nick Sirianni. We did the coach-centric approach with Ron Rivera. He went out and left. Uh, he went out and hired a head coach and told the head coach, "You go ahead and run this organization from the bottom up," versus. You know going out and getting your own Howie Roseman and letting him hire his Head coach and how he visions the team So everything with Snyder's always Backwards and this is his last failure And hopefully I don't know who the next Owner is going to be but you got to assume This is as bad as it gets in sports Like the Dan Snyder era is as Bad as it gets like you couldn't even luck up into A winner and that's why you see Teams like the Eagles or organizations Like the Eagles lap us like you you could Talk about the Eagles you know rebuilding And going back to the Super Bowl after winning one in 2017 in the same span, Washington is still still spinning the hamster wheel. So, you know, once we get new ownership, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen as far as are we going to start becoming contenders at some point again, but this is as bad as it gets, and it can only get better from here. So hopefully we can be talking about ourselves and the Eagles and just the NFC East in general in the same light in a couple of years or so.
1: Hulk, um, Comparison is the thief the, the the thief of joy. I think that's the I think that's the right phrase. Um it's painful to think about other teams and, and specifically other teams in your conference and division. Um and understanding what Dre and AJ just said, I don't have a lot to add on, uh, but I but I will just understand like our situations were preventable. But, you know, we are where we are, and you just got to look at those teams and say, achieving that is possible. Like, it is very much possible if it's done the right way. And lucky for us, this is the last time that Dan Snyder is going to meddle in anything uh, related to the Washington football team and the Washington football uh, commander's operations, football operations. Uh, And whoever the new owner is, you just got to hope, that he ain't just as bad as Dan. Um, And I don't think it's going to be easy for anybody to be just as bad as Dan. Um, So that is the glimmer of hope when you look at the comparisons with the commanders and everything else around the league, like there is an opportunity for Washington to get back on the right track. And the good thing is they also have some players in place right now where if the structure organization from an organizational standpoint is up to par you never know what what can come around um you never know fellas we ain't gonna talk before the Super Bowl I mean we'll we'll talk but uh on the record where are we at man Philly Kansas City um I don't see anybody beating Philly uh obviously there's one team left but I don't see anybody beating Philly this all this, this, in the playoffs I didn't see anybody beating Philly in the Super Bowl um I got Philly winning but I do think it's going to be a close one because when you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the best coach out there in the NFL, uh, and arguably the best quarterback out there in the NFL, definitely top three, undoubtedly uh, top three, I think it's, it's going to be a, a, just as close as any other game uh, that they that they play in, that they traditionally play in. I think they'll be able to keep it close regardless of what his ankle is looking like, but I think Philly wins it close, a close game.
0: Look, man. I'm rocking with my heart on this one, man. Forget this. I'm hating. I'm working for the Chiefs. Chiefs I, I love
1: win. that, bro. Embrace hey, it. Man, Embrace yeah. the hate, nah, bro. I'm, Are you going uh, to a Chief. party or anything with Eagles fans?
0: No. Um, but I got an Eagles fan co-worker, and this dude is unbearable, man. I mean, he just does not Text stop. Text
1: him if they losing, bro. <laughs> Be on Oh, I got days. to.
0: Like, he literally, because he sent me something. I thought it was work-related on email the other day. He's like, hey, Dre, give me a call and support us about this uh, thing at work. I open up the email it's just a picture of Jalen hurts <laughs> so these dudes can't win I'm not rooting for them I'm not oh picking them goodness, on the bro. record I'm not picking them I got the chiefs winning about
1: I love it I love when you can embrace debri- 37 30. I love like I I sometimes I even acknowledge like I I don't care what you think I'm just hating like I love the moments where I can just be someone who who's annoying but also uh is is intentional on being annoying and 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 making sure that you know that your team is losing and they suck um aj where are you at man you got you got you got any horse in the in the race or state what i don't know the word
2: uh yeah i (laughs) I ain't got no i ain't got no dog in the fight there Um, we go that's better (laughs) but um i think the eagles win i just feel like uh Patrick Mahomes' ankle is definitely still going to become an issue. Eagles have a rotation at their front. Um, I just don't really know how they'll slow down guys like AJ Brown on the defensive side. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Mahomes' ankle is my main concern. I just if they if they attack him like the Eagles have been doing, I just don't see how it's beneficial for him. Um, yeah, I got the Eagles winning. I don't really know the score. I think it'll still be a good game overall, but I'll probably say it'll be 27-17.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Okay.
1: I wasn't expecting the 17 part. All right, I'm thinking like 27 20 27 21. Okay. Um yeah, I ain't got no score prediction. I just think it's going to be a close game within one possession. I think we can just leave it there for me <laughs> within one possession. Um all right, fellas, hey everybody, I appreciate everybody who checked in live uh OG man, it's all good, brother. You know what I'm saying? You can always catch the replay even though, you know, it, it isn't the same, but we'll be back next week um to talk some more commanders probably try to get a guest on at that point so we can uh maybe even catch up with some senior bowl conversation or some draft some prospect conversation uh with some people who've already started doing their diving and stuff like that so uh yeah uh that'll be that appreciate everybody who tuned in live fellas y'all boys take it easy aj dre man y'all be safe man enjoy y'all weekend uh and, and enjoy the game on sunday uh hopefully our dreams come true and the eagles uh are only, uh, with one Super Bowl championship <laughs> after Sunday, man, y'all take it easy. All that good stuff, we out of here. Peace. Damn, set, huh. Watch you throw the ball. We gonna pick it up. You gonna let them hit the hole? Or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and longer? You gonna punt it off? Your defenders, hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is trap or